This episode is brought to you by Movement Watches. Movement was founded on the belief that style shouldn't break the bank. I'm a big watch fan, and Movement makes some great timepieces at really affordable prices. The company's goal is to offer high-quality, minimalist products at revolutionary pricing. If you remember a couple of weeks back, Lauren copied me on my Movement Watch. You copied me? No, no, no. That's up for debate. Okay. So Movement Watches start at just $95. At a store, you're looking at $400 to $500 bucks a pop. Movement figured out by selling online, they were able to cut prices across the board. They have now sold over 500,000 watches in over 160 countries. So get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to movementwatches.com skinny. That's mbmtwatches.com skinny. Once again, that's movementwatches.com skinny for 15% off today. It's a great gift for Valentine's Day. Enjoy the movement. The following program is a podcast1.com presentation. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential. Him and her. Uh Can you get cream tea before we go to the next meeting? No. Gotta move. Gotta keep it moving. Hi guys, it's Lauren Everett from The Skinny Confidential with my lovely, charming husband, Michael Bostick. Michael Bostick here, coming in live, back again, ready to roll. Oh my god, Kevin's laughing. If you guys don't know who Kevin is, he's our producer and he is laughing his ass off at Michael. I've got my mojo. I'm in a rhythm on these podcasts now. I am found the voice. It took me about a year, but I'm here. And I'm I'm ready to roll. Sometimes I catch him in the mirror practicing his um, his voice in his blue hairbrush. Yeah, so take that, people who study voiceover and radio, because right, I Michael. have nailed it. Okay, you're cut off. Um, so I just got a really exciting purchase on Amazon. Some of you may have seen it on my Snapchat. It is a camo dog stroller. Yeah, and I had to put it together, and... You loved every second of it. Well, you know, when you and I first got together, she did a bunch of useless deadbeats before me, and none of them knew how to put anything together. Could barely call themselves men, but... uh, Wow, shout out to my exes. Yeah, I came into your life, and I started putting together cabinets and shelves, and now dog strollers, apparently. But the point is, I am handy, and I'm a man. You know what? That is true. My ex-boyfriends could never put together my Ikea furniture, so I always ended up doing it, or I would call my friend Erica, and now you can do everything, so I just blindfolded. helpless. Yeah. You're pretty good at it. Yeah. I'm good. Big mistake, though, because what happens is that when I go to the airport now, I don't know what to do, so I make you do everything and prep everything for me like I did the other day. No, I know. It's weird. It's weird being in a relationship with you because sometimes I feel, and this might be a little controversial, but sometimes I feel like I'm dating a paraplegic. Um, it's almost like sometimes your arms and legs don't work at all. But then apparently when you're not with me, you turn into superwoman and you can do everything. So I think it's like, you know, when you spoil a kid for a really long time and all of a sudden they like act like they can't do anything. And then you leave the room and turn on a camera and they're like whiz kid 101, like building skyscraper Legos and like gymnastics and swinging around. So that's like, I feel like that happens. Like there's a whole nother life you lead without me in it. I act extremely helpless around you. I make you prep everything for me. So it's ready to go. 
It's actually extremely strategic. Yeah, apparently. Okay, so anyway, so we got this camo dog stroller. And the reason that I got it is because we live, well, a high rise? What would you call it? Like We live in like, yeah, a high rise, a condo building. A condo building. So when Michael leaves me with the dogs and my computer and my purse upstairs and my coffee and my iced tea, it's very, very hard to carry two dogs with all that stuff down to the car. So I was like, how can I fix this? So I found this stroller on Amazon where you can put your purse and your computer and everything kind of underneath it. You put the dogs in the stroller, you zip it up, you put a little blanket in there for them. And then it has a coffee holder, a green tea holder, and a water bottle and phone holder. So it's so efficient. I just feel like I put everything in my stroller. I go downstairs. I close it up. I put the stroller in the back seat. The dogs are happy. And you don't look like an asshole at all when you're doing it. I might look like an asshole, but you know what? I'm being a smart asshole. It, 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 this is strategic as well. So um, just to let everyone know, though, Michael has just discovered that he likes the stroller as well. Well, I like it when I don't, you know, it's, I'm not going to lie. Like when I don't have to carry, like you say you have to bring all that stuff down, but it's me. And so I am liking the efficiency of it, but it, I'm not going to lie. I don't get embarrassed by a lot. It is a little embarrassing when people run over to check out your baby and they look under the stroller and it's two screaming, barking, biting chihuahuas. Uh, it's not the best look that men give other men, you know? I think they look cute in it though, don't you? Yeah, but you know, this is it is absurd. I mean, listen, if I if you would have asked me five, ten years ago if I would be running around with two chihuahuas in a stroller, I would have punched you in the mouth. And now here I am. Married life is treating me well. I love to manipulate you into walking the dogs in a camo stroller. All right, on that note, thank you guys for subscribing, listening, and rating the Skinny Confidential Him and Her podcast on iTunes and Podcast One. We really appreciate all your reviews. You guys are all amazing. I think we're going to do another giveaway soon here for all of you that have rated and subscribed. So if you guys haven't rated or subscribed, go over, give us five stars, not one star, Michael Bostick. And um, we're going to continue to grow this awesome community. Yeah, so if you guys listened last week, I thought it was a really good show. We had Mark Manson on. And I feel like the the reason I like podcasting so much is you kind of, I don't want to say you get access to like different things, but you get get access and, and you get to have conversations with people that you may not get to have if you didn't have a podcast. So I was thinking like the the main reason I really like doing this outside of, you know, hoping to bring some value and entertainment to people's lives is you get to meet really interesting people and have really interesting conversations. So I think I, I, no matter what, I would continue to keep doing it just for that. Yeah, I think podcasting is similar to blogging in a way. I have got to interview some people that I really admire and some some authors and some famous people. But I think podcasting is a whole different element. Um, it really is because you get to talk to them and you get to really pick their brain. And sometimes there's awkward silences. And it's like it's just kind of a different dynamic. Yeah. So anybody out there listening now that we're going to start doing more guests, maybe we should create something where people can request guests and help. And we can have the listeners help us 
get to people and yeah yeah we'll definitely maybe for the next giveaway we'll do something where you guys like at who you want interviewed on one of our instagrams or something and also on that note doing the call-ins two weeks ago was really fun it's fun to talk to you guys on the phone as opposed to just talking to you guys over snapchat or email it's really interesting to get you guys on the phone and, and hear your voice and hear your energy so um we will definitely do another call-in podcast Okay, so we are about to get into our interview this week with Sabina Gadecki. But before that, I want to tell you about RX Bar. No joke, I think that this is definitely one of my favorite sponsors. I am obsessed with RX Bar. So I just put like eight boxes in my office and my whole staff is devouring them. I went to the other day to get my chocolate sea salt. Is that the one I like? Yeah, you like the chocolate, the chocolate sea, salt. sea salt. And it, the whole box is gone, and I was pissed off legitimately. They are so good, you guys. They're all normal ingredients, nothing crazy, no BS. They have, like, dates and nuts, and there's 12 grams of protein in each bar, which is amazing. So when you're in a pinch, I just carry them in my handbag. They're gluten-free, they're soy-free, they're dairy-free, and they contain no added sugar or artificial ingredients. So it's kind of like my ideal bar in every way. No BS. No BS. Literally. My favorite one is 100% the peanut butter. What's yours? You said chocolate? I like the, the chocolate sea salt, but I'm also, I'm liking the chocolate coconut. I think that, that one's a close second. I like them all though. This is hands down. I completely stand behind this bar. My favorite bar. If you're ever like looking at 20 million different bars at the grocery store, go for the RX bar. Um, they're kind of the love of my life and they're in every handbag I own. New customers can get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns, which is amazing, by going to rxbar.com slash the skinny. That's rxbar.com slash the skinny. And get a locked cabinet because... <laughs> Your friends and family will steal them. <laughs> okay, you guys, help the Skinny Confidential, him and her podcast, stay free to download with minimal ads. Your responses will help align the appropriate advertisers to our audience. Yeah, the survey is short and completely anonymous, and it takes no more than five minutes. There's two easy ways to do the survey. So you go to podcast1.com slash my survey, or go to podcast1.com and just click on the survey banner. Thank you guys so much for supporting the Skinny Confidential, him and her podcast. And we really thank you for taking the time to complete the survey. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. All right. So we are here with Sabina Gadecki, actress, model, social media, star. <laughs> Traveler. Traveler. Hi, guys. Yeah, we're so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. And we can't wait to get all the deets. So first, introduce yourself, tell us about you, tell us about travel, your acting, everything. Give us the lowdown. Um, okay, my name is Sabina. I, uh, I'm from a little town in Massachusetts called Chicopee. Uh, my parents are from Poland. And then I moved to New York, lived there for eight years, and now I've been here for six. I act and model. Um, let me see. Last year I was in the Entourage movie. I have a few movies coming out this year, which I'm very, very excited about. Um... Let me see what else. I guess that's I guess that's a good intro. That's a great intro. <laughs> so you lived in New York. First, let's start with that. Michael and I love New York. Oh, I miss it. It's my favorite place. I would do anything to move back there. What's it like living there? Um, it's a little chaotic, but I feel like it's you go you go for lunch and then you run into friends and then you go run around and have auditions and you run into friends on the street and then you end up at dinner and I mean it's, it's the only city in the world you can leave at 
nine in the morning and come back 12 hours later and I've seen like 15 of your closest friends somehow yeah. all in one day. So you were, you were acting and modeling there or just I was. Modeling? Well, I actually went to Fordham um, okay. for international business. So Smart. let's just hope I never have to use that degree. <laughs> so I did go to school for that. And, um, and then I took a four-year break and I studied um, acting at William S. Burr in New York. I just felt my heart wasn't in business, but... You know, my parents are from Poland, a hardworking family, and only fallback plan I've got is myself. So I'm like, you know what? If acting ever doesn't work out, I better I better have a degree in that back pocket. I love that you said the only fallback plan that you have is yourself. That's amazing. That's like what the Skinny Confidential stands for. It's like doing your own thing and being your own lane. Gosh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's really, really important to just kind of have, really... You have your own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So when you... You're, you're modeling first and you transition to acting or you're acting and then you transition to modeling? I was acting first um, and I kind of fell into modeling. I just had some opportunities come along. I was actually hosting this show called The World Poker Tour on the Travel Channel when I was like 21 years old. I used to watch that all the time. You did? I probably, maybe I saw you. <laughs> <laughs> probably. I did it like, uh, like 10 years ago I was doing that and um, I just had a bunch of opportunities keep coming along to do print work and I just didn't have anybody properly managing me for that so I fell into modeling so I was with Ford in New York for years I'm with Wilhelmina now here and um, they've been great but yeah I fell into it I wasn't really seeking that out and I feel lucky to have that thank goodness is modeling as gnarly in New York as they say it is like is it as strict I feel like Ford is known for being so strict um I mean, thankfully, who I was working with there, I had a lot of fitness clients. So I you know, used to shoot with Shape Magazine. I still do here. Shape Magazine, Women's Health. So a lot of the things I was doing weren't necessarily focused on being as skinny as possible. It was really fitness and lifestyle related. So thankfully, that's, <laughs> thankfully, that's what I was working with. Okay, so tell us about your movies. First, I want to hear about Entourage. Tell us all there is to know about that. And then I want to hear about your movies that are coming out. Entourage was interesting. Um, that was, it was funny. It was an opportunity that came along and um, obviously I was like, oh God, I want to be in the Entourage movie. And my first audition, the breakdown, my character, everything, and then it says possible nudity. I'm like, all right, possible. I mean, maybe I'm not going to have to do it. Get a call back, still says possible nudity. I'm like, here we go. Still got some wiggle room. Third call back, nudity required. I was like, oh shit. But you were in it though. I, I mean, at this point, I'm like, my heart's in it. I'm invested. They got me. I mean, they knew what they were doing by saying the possible nudity because I think everyone in their head was like, oh, we can negotiate this. And at that point, it was like absolutely non negotiable. And then I had a chemistry read with Kevin Connolly, and that was, you know, my fourth time back. And then. Then they, I still didn't even have the offer. They brought me into Warner Brothers for the table read with the entire cast at Warner Brothers, videotaped for the DVD, lighting, everything. I still don't even have the offer. I'm essentially auditioning for a fifth time in a row at this point. And I'm at this table read, and I'm like, gosh, I hope this isn't awkward. But in the movie, how my character is introduced is, is that nude scene. And I'm like, at least let me be sitting close to Kevin. That he, My scene was with him. I'm like, at least let me be sitting close to him so I can have, like, you know, a conversation with him up close and, and not feel uncomfortable. We literally were sitting 50 feet from each other in this audition or our table read. I'm like, God, this is going to be so awkward. I'm supposed to be having this intimate moment. I'm essentially auditioning again. He couldn't be any further than from me. And um, thank God I got the role. But, yeah, I, I had a talk with my family. I'm like... 
guys, <laughs> what do I do? I'm up for this role. Uh, nudity is required. This is not at all how I imagined my my biggest um, my biggest role. And you know, thank God there were other scenes other than that. I mean, probably five scenes in that movie. And my parents are from Poland, so they they're like, "What's Entourage? We're gonna Google it." My mom my mom Googled it, and she's like, "I looked it up. Seems like it's a big deal." And I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? Like, I work my ass off. This is an opportunity that's come my way. I feel very grateful for it. And uh, and it was basically either either do that scene or your the offer's not on the table. So, it uh, I did it. Okay, so tell me about when you actually did the scene, though. Like, how <laughs> did you have to have like a drink? I would need a glass of wine. Or I'll, be, I'll be honest. I might have had a little brief cocktail hour. Well, here's the thing. First, I was supposed to have like three weeks leading up to shooting it. I hate working out. So I was like, three weeks? I can get in shape in three weeks. Friday, all of a sudden, Kevin texts me. He's like, hey, are you looking forward to shooting this scene on Monday? I was like, yeah, Monday in three weeks. He's like, no, Monday, as in like three days. I'm like, shit. (laughs) I'm not in shape at all. Like, I haven't been working out. I'm like, oh, God. So I basically, for three days, ran like 10 miles a day, worked out for like five hours a day. I was like sitting in saunas and these weird sweat they have these weird sweat beds in LA I don't even know what they are you, your head sticks out and you're wrapped up and you're just sweating what are those called again our friend infrared, Steve does those infrared saunas. it was awful I, I was eating like broccoli and that's it I just was by the time it came time to shoot I had one drink and I was like actually half a drink and I was like oh boy that was that half a drink was a little aggressive but um yeah it's, it's a little awkward but I I uh Thankfully, everyone was really professional, and it was a closed set, and um, Doug Allen and everybody else involved was super professional and, and made an uncomfortable situation as comfortable as possible. That's amazing. It's so fun to hear like the behind-the-scenes of the nudity. Okay. Speaking of the Entourage movie <laughs> and uh, nudity, what did uh, Mom and Dad have to say about that? <laughs> When you sat down to have family movie night? Oh, boy. Well, my family's very excited and proud of me. And so they were all in attendance with me in New York. And when I say all, I mean my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister-in-law, my godmother, and my uncle. And um, we're all in the car heading over together. And I'm like, guys, I've got to warn you. I've got a lot of scenes in the movie. You don't need to watch the first one. So don't think you're going to miss me. But here's what you're going to hear leading up to my scene. And I, you know, gave them the dialogue. And then I said, so look down. You hear this dialogue, look down. About 30 seconds. Then you hear this dialogue. That's when I give you permission to look up. So I'm watching the scene come up. And my God, this is the first time I'm seeing it on this level of a screen because I went in for ADR and, you know, to do some sound looping and stuff. And I saw it, you know, saw it on this little TV. I'm seeing it on this giant screen. I'm like, oh my Lord, I don't even know how uncomfortable this is going to be for me. So the moment's coming. I look over at them. I give them the thumbs up. I'm like, this is when you got to look down. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, we got it. We got it. The scene comes on. I turn around because I don't want to see it. I turn around and look. My entire family's watching it. They're all watching it. I, I don't know what the hell. No one looked down. And I, after the thing, it was just this really awkward thing. Because my dad's like, good job, my uncle. Good job, my brother. They're, Ooh, all, brother. they're all so proud of me. But I think they were... It, it was like the elephant in the room for the for a little bit. But, you know, um, That's I, I think that they just got pumped because... 
Um, no, that came out wrong. <laughs> might not be the might not be the best. Way. Old brother getting pumped. <laughs> uh, maybe I, I used the wrong words. Um, I think they were just really proud of me, and knowing that that moment was coming up, I feel like they were like just really didn't get the cue there, and they were just all watching, you know. And and then I'm like, look, look away, stop it, stop looking. So what was the conversation like after? Where they're just like probably congratulatory. Literally never mentioned ever. It was like super focused on the acting. They're like, my God, you blew me away with your acting. I was like, <laughs> it's like if you're an older brother and you ever walk in on your sister with a guy or something. It's just like you just never talk about it again. You just run away and pretend it never happened. It was so awkward. Scrub your brain with like a sponge or something. It was awkward, but it, you know, it, they're just they're just really supportive, and they just know how hard I've worked to get to this place. So it was it was they were watching with you know pride to see you know how far I've come. That's still sounds weird nothing i say sounds right you know, talking about you this moment <laughs> it all comes out wrong but uh but yeah i warned them I fair did. warning so oh, i want to i want to jump around a little bit then after that so we were talking before when you when you first came in here and you mm-hmm. were mentioning that you actually ended up dating kevin mm-hmm. and this did this come about after or how much longer yeah, after? about about six months after um you know, we, I was recently single at that time we worked together and, and everybody was just really, you know, professional. There was, there was nothing at all. And we worked together and that day, that was my last day shooting was that day. We saved that scene for last. So thankfully we had worked together for a few days and got to know each other. And then by the time that scene came along or that scene came along, um, that day he texts me and he's like, really nice working with you. Um, hope that I'm wasn't sure he un- loved it. He's like, I hope that wasn't <laughs> uncomfortable for you. I mean, he had these like panties on that he had to wear that like basically tuck everything. I mean, it was, it's the furthest thing from being a sexy scene in the world. Let me tell you, I had like weird taped up parts. I mean, it's just not, a, it's not sexy. I think people are like, oh, that must've been hot. It's like not even a tiny little bit. Was, I've heard that. I've heard people that do nude scenes. Like they, you think it's like guys think it's going to be this sexy thing and you get there and it's just, everyone's what, wearing Do the guys have boners though? Does everyone have a boner? I didn't see the situation. We weren't dating at the time, so I never saw it. So I think th- I, I hear from his explanation, there was some thing that's really snug and tucks things yeah, they away. Make you, they make you like wear a thing. Yeah, there's Wait, a thing that tucks things, things away. In the bedroom, I want you to do this like for fun. <sighs> I'm gonna order one off Amazon. I'll, I'll be honest. It's from what I did see. I tried not to look, but from what I did see, it's, a, it's like a nude panty. It, it, it packs it in there real tight. <laughs> do you have a pair? You sound like you're a professional. At it. No, maybe I'll get one. On I'll Amazon. be honest. You see, you seem to be educated no, about it. I was listening it. to. Um, who was I listening? I was listening to Howard Stern a while back, and somebody was talking about it, and he was being really funny about it. I, I guess in his movie private parts he didn't wear it and he was super excited but everyone else that's professional wears it yeah 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 so he said he was like fully hard during the this bathtub scene wait wait it makes you so you're not hard yeah can't you like can't it like it like mashes you in mm-hmm. yeah i've heard about it wait it so if you have a boner it actually takes the boner away i, I honestly i was like doing everything i was like i can't look down i'm a professional i'm not gonna look there but yeah apparently that's what i was told it just basically just really cuts off all circulation. I would have had a magnifying glass out. I'm so curious about stuff. I'm going to go Google it after this. I want to know if, everything if, about if it. If they're wearing it, you might need a mag- magnifying glass. That's amazing. So I'm going to jump around a, a little bit more. Yeah. So that was not your first role. That was not your first movie. No. Um, so in New York, I had worked on White Collar, Law & Order. Um, I'd been on House of House of Lies here with Don Cheadle. Um I did, uh, but that was my most exciting thing. I think my biggest, my 
the biggest stage of anything that I've ever really worked on. I did a movie shortly after that with um, Tony Goldwyn called Outlaw Prophet with Tony Goldwyn and Molly Parker. Um, that was just a really amazing, incredible experience. Just it was funny because one, you know, one month I was playing in Entourage, and then literally the next month I'm playing a polygamist cult wife in you know this very very different i enjoyed that experience a bit more just got to act a little more and it was just more fulfilling as an actor for sure that sounds amazing it sounds like you've been on a lot of different shows so if someone if i know you come from a small town if someone is out there that wants to be an actress or a model and they're they come from a small town what would you recommend what can they do is there any tip or trick or a shortcut maybe (laughs) or something or is it just hard work i guess the answer i guess what we're looking for is like how much hustle did it take to put you in a position to get these roles? Yeah. Because um, I know it's not easy. No. Oh, to be completely honest, no. It's It's been, you know, I come from this small town that, I mean, not a small town, but just small town in comparison to, you know, this, this world of acting and modeling and everything. And I had zero connections, zero resources, nobody to help me. And a lot of people who discouraged me, mm. you know, and I'd talk about, I'm like, I really want to do this. And people would be like, oh, well... Maybe get that college degree, which, don't get me wrong, I'm so glad that I did, but it's hard to pursue something when sort of everyone is essentially knocking it. So I think that was challenging. But I think, you know, I've been doing it for about 10 years now, and just, to, you know, now I'm, like, having some success in it. Like, it's it's tough. I mean, can you imagine essentially going to a job every single day and not getting a paycheck, not getting a, you know... And, it's it's a tough job to sort of stay positive in, but yep, we get it big time. <laughs> I, I, no, I really relate to you because um, I was at San Diego State and I was bored, 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 and I decided that I wanted to be a blogger. And this is six years ago, so uh-huh. people didn't like a blogger. What? How, how are you going to make money? What do you mean? And I was like, no, I have this like idea, that, and mm-hmm. and I, it's the same way. It's every single day, seven days a week, not getting paid a dime for three uh-huh. years, and then you start to kind of gain traction, and people are like oh, it happened over and not, and you're like, no. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think. I have a lot of people, and it's it's flattering, but they'll send me a message and, and say, hey, my son wants to do this. What's your advice? And it's just really hard to give. I mean, I've been working really hard for so long, and I feel so lucky. I have the best team around me between my agents and my managers and 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 everybody in my life I feel so lucky to have, but it definitely was a hustle to get here. I just had no resources, and I just had to sort of start taking those those workshops and that kind of led to another workshop and I mean some people move to LA and it does happen in that one day there's some people who've been here for 40 years and it's never happened and you know I don't think there's any right way to do it but I feel so grateful to be in this place but I've worked my butt off. No it sounds like the common denominator with everyone we interview that has gained any kind of success is that it is a hustle it's every day mm-hmm. you have to ride it every day you have to want it and it's discipline and no one Absolutely. can do it for you and I think the thing that's hardest is you go for an audition and you work your butt off I mean just studying for it getting coached for it, going in there and you could kill it could be the best audition you've ever had but the reason you don't get it is maybe you're too tall maybe you're too short maybe they need some diversity in the show that's really important these days so I mean whatever reason you don't get the job a lot of the time has nothing to do with your talent so I think that that's just something that's like hard to you know to not beat yourself up over every day to be like you know I am good enough for this but I can't take it personal because the reason I got the job could have
have absolutely nothing to do with what I actually did in that audition. No, we talk about it a lot of time. Like one of the biggest themes of this show is patience and persistence. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, I get, I get messages all the time like, hey, I started this business three months ago, six months ago, and it's not working. Mm-hmm. What should I do? As they keep going, I mean, it's been three to six months. You're not going to have success that quickly, and you don't deserve success that quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah You got to sure. put in the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's refreshing to hear. Like everyone we interview, they say time, time, a yeah. lot of work, like beating through discouragement, like going, going, persistence, patience. Not listening to naysayers. Not listening to what mm-hmm. people say. So yeah, that's that's why I was curious to figure out how you got that start and, and how long it's been, but it's it's been a long time. Yeah, it's been about 10 years. And, and I think also for me, I think I, I fall, you know, although I'm, you know, excited and very proud of Entourage and having done that movie, but I've worked very, very hard as an actress and I've trained and studied and I just know work-wise, I can't wait to finally have the opportunities come my way that aren't that stereotypical blonde but like it is what it is for now. Like I'm so grateful to be getting called in the room for these particular roles to even be, you know, in the running for it. But I can't wait till I people start taking a chance on me for the challenging roles that I know I can do. You know what I mean? Totally. You you seem very authentic and down to earth. Um, kind of the opposite of the stereotypical Hollywood <laughs> actress. <Thank you. laughs> so how do you deal with, you know, cattiness and maybe stuff that you're just like, no, thank you? Um, I think it's hard not to. I'm really sensitive. I think it's hard not to, like, just take all that in. And I think I just, you know, sometimes you get wrapped up in it and caught up in it and your feelings get hurt. And then I just need to take a step back and you know, take a visit home with my family and feel grounded again and just hang out with, with you know, the people that love you the most for all the right reasons. And But yeah, it's definitely hard not to get wrapped up in it and care what people think. It's it's definitely a challenge. It seems cutthroat a little bit. And sometimes yeah. the blogging industry can be like that too. And it kind of like makes me push back on networking. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not the biggest networker and that is kind of part of my industry, but I've kind of like pushed away from it because it feels catty. No, it's Sam. And people will always be like, Sabina, you should go to this party. You should go to this event. And I said, why? There's never going to be a day that I'm going to leave a party after having drinks with some director or producer and they're going to be like, you know what? I want her in my movie. That's just never going to happen. We're on the same page. (laughs) Like The only way it's going to happen is working hard and being good. Like that's how that's how doors are going to open for me, not at a party or an event. And I think that that's the thing that I've had to really learn and balance out in my life because when I first moved here, you kind of get that in your head coming from a town without that opportunity really readily around. Everyone's like, you got to go and network and go to Sundance and do this. And you, I mean, I, I never want to go to Sundance unless I have a real reason to be there. Unless I have a movie there or or any of these things. Like, I don't want to go unless I have a reason to be there. Not that we'd have a movie there, but that is like, that's Listen, like, us. No, I, I just we're, think that we're the we're, same way. Like, we're like very, like, we're almost homebodies. We just want to spend time with people that we really love. And I'd rather put my head down and really work. And I, if I'm going to be spending time with anyone, it's going to be um, the people that are reading my blog or um, like the, the audience and the engagement. Mm-hmm. That's more important to me. Mm-hmm. than like kind of climbing your way up to the top through other people. Well, talent's the variable, right? You mean hard work and hard work, but talent's the variable. Mm-hmm. So like you said, I mean, if you're not going to get a role if you don't have the talent anyway. Mm-hmm. So if you're 
it, just going to these things and networking, a lot of people try to take that approach in, in every industry, business, yeah. blogging, acting. Yeah. But if you don't have the talent, you don't put in the hard work, it's not going to work out that way. Someone, someone's not just going to put you in a movie because yeah. they like the way you, your personality is. I mean, don't get me wrong. If, if, say, I was at an event and I met somebody who I had, some director that I really, you know, we just chatted it up and had, you know, someone who's a really nice person and then... And then I audition for the movie, and then I have a callback, and then I have, you know, and then I'm at a screen test or whatever. That relationship at that point could possibly help me. I don't know, but it's not going to get me in the door. Like, I've got to get myself to that point. And I think that's what people like fail to notice so often. I love it. Sabina is going to tell us all about what it's like dating in Hollywood. But before that, let's talk about Blue Apron. So I am basically Mario Batelli in the kitchen now. I am sprinkling salt. I'm seasoning meats. I'm whipping up pastas. I'm making sauces. And it's all thanks to my friends at Blue Apron. They have fresh ingredients and they deliver a beautiful box right to your door, which is so efficient and amazing. Their meats are incredible. The beef, the chicken, the pork come from responsibly raised animals. Their seafoods source sustainably. And it's just good. Their stuff is just always on point. Yeah, and it's impressive when you come up and you're just like, yo, I just cooked the cashew chicken stir fry with tango mandarin and jasmine rice. And you're like, what? He does do like, that yeah, too. I do. And, and you have it on the table. You're ready to go. I'm like brownie points like crazy. I actually want you to cook me the roasted pork with apple, walnut, and farro salad. Done. Right after the udon noodle soup with miso and soft boiled eggs. Doesn't it sound good though, you guys? So Blue Apron's affordable, there's lots of variety, it's flexible and easy and guaranteed. Their freshness is always guaranteed. And Valentine's Day is coming up, so you know, might want to cook up a romantic meal. Ooh, babe, maybe you should do that. Little idea? It's true. I'd, I'd love some cashew chicken. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash him and her. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash him and her. Tell us about dating in Hollywood. Like, what is that like? I can't even imagine. We live up here a couple times a month, and it seems like it would be very hard to date in this town. I have never been single <laughs> I don't know what it's like um, I was single you know uh, very recently um, and I was just met the most incredible man I mean I just met this guy and I was like gosh I'm not ready to date just got out of a relationship and how do you meet him do you meet him through a dating app or do you meet him walking down the street how do you meet him <laughs> sounds so corny so I go to church every week and um, I was at stagecoach last May and my boyfriend is in country music. And a bunch of my friends from church were there, and they are friends with him. He lives in Nashville. And everyone was just sit there, you know, hitting it, chatting it up. And he's like, looks at me, and he's like, do I know you from somewhere? And I really, he did look familiar to me, but I just don't know how to flirt. And I, I just That's felt, the classic line. I don't know how to flirt. I was uncomfortable, so I just kind of set it back. I was like, you look familiar too, even though I don't really know if you did. I just was so uncomfortable. I've honestly just never been single. And um, and I, he was talking to me and he just had the most beautiful eyes and the most beautiful smile. And I was like, I get the hell out of here. And I ran away. I was like, nice meeting you. He's like, what's your name? I'm like, Sabina. He's like, I'm going to look you up on Instagram. I was like, 
okay, bye. And I literally like ran away from him. And, and this is who I've been with for about nine months now. And he's incredible and kind and lovely and just like the most gentle soul in the world. So the so opposite of Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. He actually hates, he hates the scene. He hates like any of the trendy places. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of a breath of fresh air. That must Speaking be nice. of fresh air and social media and Instagram, you took a little break. I did. <laughs> and we were talking a little bit about it. Why did you take your break? Um, you know, it just just for a couple of weeks, which seems silly, but we get so consumed in it. I noticed I was sitting there. I'd come home and I'd sit on my phone for five or six hours and just go through Instagram and Snapchat and Facebook. And I was responding to people that aren't a part of my daily life and I realized me sitting here on my phone responding to strangers and getting caught up in other people's stories I wasn't being present with the people in my life I wasn't you know I was so wrapped up in posting pictures and capturing moments that I'm you know especially became evident over Christmas with my family I was just like with the Instagram video and the Instagram pictures and then Snapchat and all this stuff I just was so consumed in it and I realized once the holidays were over I'm like wow, I really didn't spend as much time with my family and I didn't value that time with them. So I said, you know, I'm going to take a little break and I'm going to get back on it. It's kind of, unfortunately, the the business that we're in and I realize how important it is. But Well, it's interesting to, to talk about because you have like the one side of it where it, you know, it takes you out of the present moment, right? And it's distracting. But then you have the other side of it with the career you're pursuing, yeah. you kind of need it and it's now a variable mm-hmm. of success, which... In my life, I think it's it's a good thing just because that's come, I come from that industry. Yeah. But I can understand for some people it's difficult. So how do you balance that now? Um, you know, I'm I'm going to be getting back into it. I think this weekend I was like, this is, this will be my cutoff. I think it's hard because it is so important. I mean, so often I'll go to things and people will just straight up ask, "How many followers do you have?" And I'm definitely not. I mean, I probably post you know, like twice a month, but I've really got to step that up because it is important for our industry. It gives people an inside look of, of getting to know you in a personal relationship of like, what, what are you like? What's your personality like? And I think it's, um, really crucial. I kind of hate it sometimes, but I mean, it is what it is. And I have to just, you know, play the game, I guess. We were saying before earlier, the podcast that it feels narcissistic to have to like post pictures of yourself. Trust me. I I feel the same way. Sometimes I'm like, I have to post another picture, but it it almost propels you forward within social media. So it's a double edged sword, Mm -hmm. which is kind of, that's exactly what it is because I, I, I sit there and I'm like, I look at my page. I'm like, I want to post pictures of like my niece. And like my family, but the reality is, like, no one really wants to, to see the, those things. I mean, maybe once in a while, but you I think know. you'd be surprised. I think it's. I think it depends on the type of audience you're trying to cultivate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and um, I she think- she doesn't do like you. I feel like don't do like you don't try to show your assets to get followers. Like you totally could do that. I mean, sometimes want. I'm like, I want to put a butt shot up. Sometimes <laughs> I want to do it, but you don't. No, she. You use the reason that I wanted to interview you is because when I saw you, you seem like you have a lot of substance, and I recognize Thank that you. through social media. I love how I love how you're giving me such a sweet compliment, and I just shot like a, like a out of the barrel of this interview being like I was naked in the Entourage movie hi guys nice to meet you <laughs> no I feel like that's your craft thank like, you you seem like you have a lot of substance as an actress and I think that's rare I saw that you can see that through your social media thank you you guys got a follow on Instagram what's, what's your handle it's just my name Sabina Gadecki that 
complicated. You have to spell it. G-A-D-E-C-K-I. And like Sabrina, but no R. Okay. Love it. You guys will see, too, that she traveled to a bunch of places. Tell us about where you've traveled. Is it for movies? Is it for fun? Uh, Is it for both? This summer was just the best. Um, I was actually shooting a movie in Vancouver for a month with Jesse Metcalf. So that'll be coming out this year. It's called- His wife's a blogger, right? I don't know. I, I don't know much, but I just know I he absolutely loves and adores her beyond belief. And just hearing him talk about her was just like a really special thing to see. So we were there for the whole month of January shooting up there. And um, so that was incredible. And it's called The Ninth Passenger. It's going to be coming out this year. And um, after that, it was Doug Allen, actually, who directed Entourage. He had a little a little party, so to speak, in, um, in Italy. And... Um, him and his fiance out there so we just flew out there me and a bunch of my friends and spent the summer there and or a week there and then i i was like well i'm already in italy i might as well I might as well keep it going so then i went to, uh went from the amalfi coast to rome then barcelona and then ireland and then i was like i probably should get back to la and work sometimes those are all places you want to go yeah did you like ireland i loved it um i want to go to rome I loved Rome. I went last year for the Entourage movie because we had a, a premiere in London, and then we went to Rome right after. I I loved it. I went twice in one year. I feel like one time is, is solid. Yeah. Twice in one year is like a lot, but both experiences were so different, but you definitely should go. Like once in a lifetime, I think everyone should go for sure. Okay, so if you read The Skinny Confidential, you know that I just did a whole wall in our house dedicated to our wedding photos. And I was feeling like I kind of didn't know what I wanted to do with them because I didn't want them in the bedroom. Like, I didn't want to have, like, a Sheena Marie Vanderpump Rules moment. I wanted them to have their own wall in a, in a pretty space in the hallway, and I wasn't quite sure how to go about it. So I was introduced to FrameBridge, and it was kind of amazing because it was so efficient. Basically, you send your photos in, and they just send them back to you, and they're framed, and they look perfect. And you know how when you frame something, there's like a hair or a crumb or a piece of sourdough toast like in the frame? That doesn't happen with FrameBridge. It's just clean. It looks beautiful. And they supply these little hooks that you can just hang the frame on the wall. So we put our wedding photos in our hallway and frame them all different heights. And doesn't it look cute? You know what? It's funny. I didn't even know it was being done. And... um you walked I in and home. loved it. I walked in and loved it. Well, I saw a giant picture of myself right there. I was like, wow, that looks pretty good. Oh, my God. And then I saw some other photos. I was like, those are okay. But I highly recommend FrameBridge if you're looking to do like a studio wall in your house. It's easy to use. It's efficient. It's affordable. It's quality. And they have an expert team there that will custom frame your items in a couple days. I even got our invite framed. So you can also do a memorabilia. Get started today framing your photos or art. Go to framebridge.com and use promo code SKINNY. You'll save an additional 15% off your first order. Just go to framebridge.com, promo code SKINNY. I feel like for some brownie points, that's a good Valentine's Day gift. Before we go, I want to hear about your entire story of your whole transition. So you said that you were a model. You're in New York. How do you get from New York to LA? Like, tell me like that, how that happens just for people out there that are listening yeah. that maybe want to get into this world. And how much different is it between the two places? Cause obviously they're both the media capitals of the United States. You got New York, yeah. which is a lot of media and mm-hmm. PR over there. And then you have here, which is Hollywood and movies and actresses. So what's like, what's the big differentiator? Um, Let's see. Well, when I was living in New York, I really didn't want to move to L.A. I was like, I just I just love the city so much. But 
an opportunity came for me to move and I said, I might as well take this. And, um, there's just, there is a lot more opportunity here for acting for sure. I mean, all the studios are out here. Um, I love it. I really, really do love it out here. Um, it was funny. One of my first auditions here, I just sat there. I felt like I stood out more in New York, just, you know, my type. So I just, when I first moved here, I was sitting in an audition and I just looked around the room and I'm like, my God, I look like every single girl in this room. How do I stand out? And I just started, my head started spinning and started feeling insecure. I go, I got to get out of here. I went and sat on the stairs outside of the casting office. And I was like, you know, I had to remind myself, like, I've worked my ass off. I deserve to be here. I'm not like every other girl. And it's funny. I just took that minute to ground myself. And I walked in the room and, and I booked my first movie being here. It was a movie I did with Christian Slater. And, and it was my first audition here. And it just was like, you know what? I just think having confidence in yourself and just reminding yourself that even though we might all look very similar being out here, that everyone brings a little something different to the table. Yeah, I think your personality, too, is huge. Like, I mean, you you can tell, like, your personality. You're very confident. You have a lot of strength and warmth, as Michael would say, a compelling person. Compelling person. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I also am dying to know about, like, your wellness tips. You have yeah. a great figure. Thank you. You guys got to, if you don't know who this is, you have to Google her. She's beautiful. Um, Tell us, like, what do you eat? What's a day-to-day? Are you super healthy? Are you not so healthy? I am probably the biggest yo-yo dieter ever. Like, there'll be, like, six months where I just rage and just eat whatever I want and don't work out. And then there's that day where I wake up and I'm like, shit, (laughs) it's all caught up to me, which is basically happened about two weeks ago. Um, So these last two weeks, I've just been back and, and just... I, I love, it's weird, I just crave shitty food. I crave pizza, french fries, and Doritos. I would eat McDonald's french fries for every, it's truly my favorite food in the entire <laughs> world, and it's all I would eat all day long if I didn't end up getting a fat ass from it. But I do have to work hard. It's weird, my whole family's very, very thin, but I, I do have to work, I do have to work at it. I, you I, look great. The Thank other you. day, Lauren was dieting. Well, I don't know what you were doing, you were like, doing some regiment, and, but I really wanted in and out and I got it and then I came home but I was like shit if I go up with this in and out she's gonna like well he could have got it for me protein style you dick so I had to, I just I ate it I ate it pathetically in my car down in the garage I hate to admit it but it's I true mean, no like then you then he comes up with the with the uh, it's like the all soda over my thing. face by the way you know, I've the done soda that thing that's white yeah, he yeah. walks up with it and I go did you go to in and out the right away you're like uh no yeah. it's actually funny sometimes because I crack my boyfriend's very, eating very very healthy right now and he, I'm like, he's like, Sabina, you are a bad influence on me. I'm like, I'm eating healthy with you. I'm right there with you. And it was just one of those days. I was running around, and I just, I drive by McDonald's, and I don't know what happens. It just, Listen. I just, I get weak. And I just went through drive through and I got a large fry. Listen, number one, number two, addiction. you're not going to, you know, once in a while, you got to live. Listen, let me live. So I came home and I did the same thing. I ate the fries in the car. And do you know how he called me out? He got in the car a few hours later. He's like, it smells like fries. Fries and tears. Sounds like you. That sounds like you. And I was like, uh... All I ask is that when you go to In-N-Out, you bring me a protein-style burger with raw onion. I know you were like working... that sounds good. You were working hard, you know? No, a protein-style is fine. And I ate two. Okay, that's... (laughs) 
That's great. That's great. I'm telling the truth. I would feel like in Hollywood and in New York, I would feel a lot of pressure from the industry to be a certain body type and be a certain way. Do you, I mean, you you are very thin and you look amazing, but like, do you ever feel like that? Do you feel that pressure? Yeah, I, for sure. Um, I'd like to say no, but it's definitely... I'd like to say no. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it was a few weeks ago. I mean, right after the holidays where I was like, it's pilot season. It's the busiest time for acting right now. And I just was like, this is not... I don't feel my best. I need to get back in shape. And I noticed you asked me that question about how am I in shape. And I told you I eat McDonald's fries all day. (laughs) But to get back to what you asked me is I have to change it up every day. I get very bored. So I I take a different class every day, Pilates and yoga and spin. I just... I have to change it up. I just... I just won't go um i try to have a, a, a big breakfast because what ends up happening is if i don't eat breakfast or lunch then i just crave shit all day long and just eat terribly at night but yeah there's definitely those pressures because gosh appearance is basically everything unfortunately in this That's industry a lot, of pressure. a lot yeah. of pressure i can see even it's kind of trickling almost down to the blogger influencer mm-hmm. um profession too sometimes i see that like these influencers that i followed they get thinner and thinner and thinner i, I by the way there's some people that i've unfollowed for that reason yeah i actually got an email from a reader that was like yeah i've been following like these influencers um and it's triggering mm-hmm. it is well- I don't know if it's necessarily anyone's fault. I just think you have a lot of eyes on you, right? And when you have that kind of pressure and you have the, you know, the way our society is set up and people commenting on figures and everything, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it can be, you know, it can be tough. So I feel for the women out there because guys, I mean, I guess guys get a little bit, but not nearly it's what per- women It's get. pretty bad. What do you do when you, maybe, and maybe you don't get this, but what do you do when you get negative comments? Do you, like, fight back? Do you delete it? Do you just it, not I'm talk? Just- I just realized pretty early on, I mean, back to, like I said, when I was hosting that show years ago, I it was exciting at that point. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm all over the internet. This is cool. And I started Googling my name and, and you would see literally 200 positive comments. And then that one negative, it just like... It just cuts you to the core. And I, I just realize about myself, I can't look at it. Just don't look. I don't want to see what people are saying. I just work hard every day and I just can't Google myself because it just, it'll hurt my, it, it, one negative thing will like really hurt me. So I just don't look. It's funny. I think you and Lauren are similar in that way, but Lauren, there was, there's a site and I don't want to give it too much credit, but <laughs> Lauren um, showed it to me one time and she, she came to me and she was like very, very nervous. She's like, I, you know, I've been meaning to tell you this and I don't really know how to tell you this. But there's this site, and it's saying, like, a lot of really mean things, and I've been really upset about it, and I don't know how to tell you. And I took it as, like, oh, good, like... Finally, someone's talking about me. Like, I got, like I'm here. He like, like I'm... he like loved it. He was like, he was like, you wanted to like print it out and like frame it. But I think no, I think I had Men a buddy, a buddy tell me a long time <laughs> yeah. ago. He's like, if they're not hating on you, then you're doing, then you're doing something wrong, right? Because uh-huh. if you're, if nobody's talking about you and there's no buzz, then, you, then really, who are you performing for, right? You got, you got to have the, the that certain demographic that's going to take things personally. They're going to mm-hmm. get angry. And that's okay. That's part of it. But if nobody's talking, you're like, shit. Yeah. You know who actually said something to, to you know, uh, Mark Wahlberg actually had said something um, to one of the guys in the movie. And, um, you know, it was when the show had just started taking off and they had been really upset. They're like, God, there's this negative stuff about me. And he was just sort of kind of venting to Mark about it. And Mark said, congratulations, buddy. You made it. 
Yeah, yeah and imagine I like Mark how Wahlberg. much stuff he's had about it. Yeah, about and him. I think that like at the end of the day, it hurts, but then you realize like you got to consider the source. And at least it's, it's I guess, a, a form of flattery to be even talked about. But yeah, well, I agree, though. Just I don't look at it. You also, like, you got to deploy empathy in that case. And the, when, when I think about people talking and saying negative things, I actually feel worse for them than for myself. Because yeah, you got to yeah, think, yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, what is it, like, what is it that they're projecting yeah, like, that they're feeling inside? Exactly. Why, what, what are you so upset about that you got to mm-hmm. put that negativity out in the world? And so that's why, you know, there's a, there's a guy I listen to all the time um, named Jocko Willink, and he's an ex, ex-Navy SEAL. He was like uh-huh. a SEAL commander, a really intense guy. He's got a podcast that we like. And he basically said, you can't be disrespected by somebody who doesn't respect themselves. And I like that. When you think about it, that's it's like... One. That's a good one. Yeah, you, you, you start to think about the source, and you're like, okay, there's an issue going on where this person's upset, and you feel... I don't want to say sorry, because you're not feeling sorry for them, but you you're like that person's hurting Mm -hmm. and so when you think about it like that it's hard to get upset Mm -hmm. i also was just reading something where it said and i'm obsessed with this right now for some reason i snapchatted it that says that when you're criticizing other people it's because you're not living your authentic truth and they maybe are and and you're criticizing them for living their authentic Mm -hmm. truth and it's making you kind of like deflect couldn't agree more with that because i noticed that even with myself like when i'm feeling I'm just when you feel good about yourself and just in a great headspace, I feel positive thoughts for other people. Mm-hmm. But then there's those moments where I feel I don't know, we all have it when we're feeling insecure at whatever a party or whatever the case may be and then I notice I start to like shit talk and and point out negative things about somebody else and I and now I've become aware of that. I'm like, no, this is me in this moment just not feeling my best today for whatever the reason might be. But yeah, I think that that's a hunt. It's always generally a projection of how someone's feeling about themselves. My dad says a quote all the time and it's probably from somebody a lot more prophetic than him and me. <laughs> but it's basically along the lines of smile and the world smiles with you. Cry and you cry alone. Mm-hmm. I, I like, like that. that one. Kevin's shaking his head. He loves that one. I like it. I'm into that one. Yeah. So what are the next movies? Tell us all about what's to come. Okay, so the two I did this year, the one I did with Jesse Metcalf, is, it's uh, it's going to be coming out hopefully this summer. It's a horror movie. It's called The Ninth Passenger. I can't wait to see it. I've, I've, oh, only, I've only seen the trailer so far. And then I did another one called Welcome to Willits. Okay. And we filmed that in Shreveport, Louisiana. And that's got Rory Culkin, Macaulay Culkin's brother, um, Bill Sage, Karuchi Tran. Um, it's a great cast and I did actually see that one I'm really excited about that one that was that was actually one of the most fun projects I've ever worked on I played a meth addict oh my gosh and Wait, it was you played a just meth addict did amazing. you have to lose like more weight to I, play like, that I let my hair grow I mean I, I just looked like an animal I mean it was crazy <laughs> I let my hair my roots grew out for like fun. three months and when I'd go in for hair and makeup, they'd give me acne. They'd give me basically like sores around my mouth. I mean, I looked crazy. And we're filming. This is actually funny. I just got so used to looking that way. And everybody just got so used to me looking that way. And I, you know, for the month that we were shooting. And one night I just left set with the makeup on, you know, and we all were we're gonna hang out in you know our hotel rooms, and I'm like, let's stop at the gas station and get some drinks, get some wine and stuff. And I walk into this gas station with this meth makeup on, and again, the actors that I'm with, we're just they're just used to seeing me in this way, and they knew I'm gonna be, I'm about to shower when I get back. I walk into the gas station, and the guy at the counter doesn't skip a beat, looks at me sincerely, and he's like, "Are you looking for the antifreeze?" 
And I didn't know. What's anti- I don't know what yeah, that I, is. It's for making meth. I didn't know that. And I was like, yeah. uh, no, I'm Wait, looking for. There's something you can buy to make meth? Mm. Yeah, meth is made in a. I mean, to give you a whole rundown on how no, it's done. No, no, wait, okay. Yeah. Wait, so he asks you if you're looking for that? So he doesn't even, I mean, I just run in there quickly because everyone's waiting on me. And I was having the party that night. I'm like, I'm going to get the wine and stuff from my hotel room. So I run in kind of in a frenzy. And I look at him. I'm like, do you have the, and he just cuts me off. He's like, antifreeze. I'm like, uh. Antifreeze, Sudafed. No, I'm looking for the Pinot Noir. Oh my. And then I go to the car. I'm like, this guy asked me that. And then one of the guys is like, yeah, he probably thought you were real meth addict and I'm like I do look crazy you learn something new every day now I know how to make meth mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, we have the bathtub at home we're gonna start a whole new profession <laughs> breaking bad okay so when you're on set and it's not in LA it's in Louisiana what yeah. is that like I can only imagine that there would be like a, a buzz. I love it yeah I love it I mean it's just so fun you get so close with everybody and and I mean, you you have these little families, and you get to have these experiences. Like when I filmed Outlaw Prophet, we were in New Mexico. When I filmed that movie with Christian Slater, I was in Detroit. When I did this one, we were in Shreveport, Louisiana. Oh, this one's called Welcome to Willits. I don't know if I mentioned that, but it was you know I've never been there, and and we hang out in these small towns and explore karaoke bars, and it's just so much fun. Like being on location shooting a movie is probably the best experience ever. So now that that's done. Are you jumping into something else right away, or do you have a little break now, so, or how does that work? Well, it's pilot season now. What so does I, that mean? I don't know what oh, that... Like, okay, so I, I know did, pilots, but like, to explain what that means. So it's basically all the networks are like casting all their new shows. So it is basically the busiest time of the year for actors, and, and um, I have... I, I Until I know for sure, I can't mention it, but like I've got a couple of things sort of um, on hold at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a lot of auditions and yeah, a around. lot of audition. I mean, I had seven on Thursday, which wow. is like it's tough. Well, also I you know between it because I do the modeling as well, and then I have the acting, and then I do voiceovers as well. So any day, some days I have absolutely nothing. Some days I wake up. And I can't make it to Santa Monica to my agency to do a voiceover, so I've got my microphone. And in between auditions, I mean, people think it's like this glamorous life, and I like bust my ass. So this was actually last Thursday. I basically woke up. I had one at 10 a.m., left there, was changing fully in my car, just changing, like, you know, pull over on the side of the road. Then I had a voiceover, recording that in my microphone, editing it in the car, sending it over. I mean, it's such chaos this time of year but i'm grateful for it i mean thank god i could be sitting home doing nothing oh, that's amazing that's a lot of work it's a it's a hustle that's for sure it sounds like my a chaotic that's mm-hmm. a, it's 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 always something new you have to be a jack of all trades mm-hmm. okay so what is your dream role like what's if you could pick any movie what do you want to play uh, i just i think not that i want to keep playing meth addicts but i think that was one of the most rewarding things i think for me because Something along those lines where I could really transform if I had to lose, you know, 20 pounds or gain 50 pounds, something that I could really... Method acting? Yeah, yeah, like I just would love to be anything but myself, anything but what I'm generally stereotyped for being. So for me, a role of that sort is just would make me so happy. But I mean, listen, I'm not going to complain that (laughs) that I'm going in for what I am currently going in for, but that would be kind of my dream role for sure. You are so interesting. You're so adorable. It's so nice to meet you. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I can guarantee you're going to be huge. Not that you already are, but you're going to crush it. Thank you. Your work ethic is very inspiring. Where can everyone find you? Um, All of my handles are all the same. So it's Sabina Gadecki, S-A-B-I-N-A. 
and then that Polish last name, G-A-D-E-C-K-I. And the movie's coming out, the two, one more time? Um, it's Welcome to Willits and The Ninth Passenger, both coming out this year. I'm very excited. Yeah, we awesome. can't wait to watch. And you can see you on Entourage, too. Woohoo! Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for Thank having you. me, guys. Thank yeah. you. Before we go, I just want to take a second to thank all of the insane sponsors and all of the listeners and readers for supporting the Skinny Confidential, him and her podcast. You guys are all amazing. You're what keeps the show growing, and you give us both the confidence to keep going to bring you free entertainment on a weekly basis. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Please download, subscribe, and of course, support. And as always, you can always submit questions to our social handles. And now on the skinnyconfidential.com, on the podcast tab, there is a question form where you can just directly submit your username and the question right there on the site. So reach out, ask us anything, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Skinny Confidential, Him and Her, with Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick. Download new episodes every Tuesday at podcastone.com or subscribe now on the Podcast One app. Hi guys, it's Jack Vanek from The Lady Gang. If you like mimosas and having a bunch of girl talk, why are you not listening to The Lady Gang? We are your one-stop shop for all your lady talk. New episodes are out every Tuesday on iTunes or PodcastOne.com.